there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. Yeah, if you couldn't tell from our intro music what movie we're watching today, we're watching Rocky. Ooh, 1976, baby. Now, I know what you're thinking. Who the fuck <laughs> hasn't seen Rocky? Um, well, before today, I had never seen it. Don't come for me. I understand it's egregious, but it's it's done now. I finally watched it. It's happened, and I'm very pleased. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, I can't help but throw punches, man. I'm. It's like so. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, well, we'll take you to the nearest meat locker, and we'll just we'll rent out a ice box, and we'll have you in time. Yeah, I'll tape up my hands. We all good. This movie was great. Just off the bat, it was great. I knew I was gonna like it, but the thing is, with me, I'm not a sports gal, so I wasn't necessarily expecting to love it as much as I did. But as much as yes, Rocky is a sports movie. The boxing matches aren't very long. It's a character study about Of Rocky, Rocky. yes. Which I enjoyed quite a bit. Because the thing is, like, Rocky was one of those movies forever that I was like, oh, I don't really need to watch it, do I? I get it. Guy is underdog. Guy fights other guy. Pow, pow, pow. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Adrian! I get it. But it is a lot more than that. It's funny because... The story of Rocky and how Stallone got this movie made and how he got to become the star of Rocky is a great story from him being so fucking broke that he basically had to beg them to put him as the star of this movie. Yes. He sold his dog. <laughs> just to get by at that just time, Just to get yeah. by before this movie came out. Eventually, he did go buy the dog back after he got paid for being Rocky. It's the underdog story, the, the guy who comes up from nothing and becomes somebody. That's who Stallone basically is in this movie. Hell, six years before this movie came out, he was in porn. Fun. <laughs> in a movie called The Party at Kitty and Studs, which was later after Rocky came out, they re-released it, they called it The Italian Stallion. Yeah, Stallone had actually, he was shopping around the script for a while and he made a deal with the producers He's like, listen, I'll sell you my script, but I have to be the star. And they agreed, but the studio drastically limited the budget because Stallone was literally nobody at the time. The budget was a, a million dollars, and it ended up making $117 million. That's making your money back and some. Yeah. So it's a kind of Cinderella story in Hollywood of the big wigs taking a chance on the little guy and them knocking it out of the park. And, and you can tell watching the movie that... He is a fresh-faced, yeah, hasn't he, acted legitimately a day in his life. Oh, yeah. He is not an actor. Stallone never really acted in a movie that he didn't get to be Sylvester Stallone until Creed. Because as much as I followed Stallone's career, Rocky and Creed are the only two movies where you could say, you know what? Stallone actually had to act here. I think the fact that he's so fresh-faced and inexperienced really helped him. Oh, yeah. Because it just gave him a more endearing quality. That, plus the fact that he is 30. You know, he's not a young guy. He's had a life experience. Because throughout this movie, Rocky is seen as this middling guy. 
he was never going to be famous. He was never going to be the guy. As he puts it a lot through this movie, he says he's a nobody. He's a dumb, stupid fighter, he says all the time. But he took it incredibly seriously. He wrote the movie. He wrote the first draft for the film in three days. And he had to go through several rewrites before it actually got sold. But this was like just the beginning of his writing career. He wrote Rocky 2, 3, and 4, Rambo 1 and 2, Cobra, Expendables, well, I think he, ha- he wrote yeah, he two. Yeah, Expendables. It's all the same wheelhouse, generally speaking, but still, I mean, that's impressive. And also, in regards to this movie, he trained with legendary boxing trainer Jimmy Gambina for six months. So he, he took it very seriously because it was his baby and it was his one shot. And he's not throwing away his shot. No. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm just gonna make as many Hamilton references as I can until the entire album is on our Shoot the Flick playlist on Spotify. There's gonna be one more later, guys. It's coming back. By the way, check out our Shoot the Flick playlist on Spotify. <laughs> yes, every song we've ever referenced is on that playlist. It's it's quite a eclectic list. Anyway, let, let's let's talk about some background facts about Rocky, shall yes. we? It was directed by a man named John G. Avildsen. I'm going to pretend that I know I'm saying that right. This was his first big movie also. He directed all three Karate Kid movies. And he also directed Rocky V. Yeah, we don't talk about Rocky V. Uh, yeah, let's, let's discuss that for a second. <laughs> okay, so me being the research team here at Shoot the Flight, the one-man research team, I took the liberty of looking into the many sequels of Rocky, including Creed movies as well, just to see how everything laid out critics-wise. So the original Rocky has a 94% critics rating. Rightfully so. It was the highest grossing movie of 76. It got in the National Film Registry in 2006. Deserved it. Now, as we go down the list of the other sequels, they progressively get lower and lower and lower and lower. Rocky 2, 71%. Rocky 3, 64%. Rocky 4, 40%. Rocky 5, 29 fucking percent. Rocky and you five. want me to watch the sequels. Okay, girl. Uh, okay, correction. I really only want you to go to four and then we can skip five and go to creeds okay because yeah because the creeds are good creed and creed 2 have like 80s and 90s so we're we're cool i'm cool watching those oh and balboa balboa is good too oh yeah balboa i forgot that one that's 77 percent. so that went up a little bit yes the first five movies do decrease in value as they go on partially because you lose a little bit of the underdog story. Once Rocky wins, it's kind of hard to make him the underdog. So that's why a lot of these movies don't work. And in five, they went a whole different route where Rocky became a trainer and he taught a guy and, and there was a street fight. And oh, oh, God, we don't even want to go into that. I'm almost intrigued now the way you're talking about it. Oh, God. I, oh, God. <laughs> 
Well, this movie not only got an incredible amount of love from critics and audiences, it also got an incredible amount of love from the Oscars. It was nominated for 10 Oscars in 1977 and won three of them, including Best Fucking Picture, which I believe this is the first Best Picture winner that we are reviewing on the show. And this is also the first sports film to win Best Picture. Also all well-deserved. The other awards that it won are Best Director and Best Editing, which both make perfect sense. Now, that means that this movie lost seven awards. We have Lead Actor for Sylvester Stallone. He lost to Peter Finch in Network. I'm kind of bummed that he didn't win for this. Yeah, The fact that he was nominated, though, is insane. It is insane because he was, again, a nobody. But, like, that would have been even fucking crazier if he just fucking won. Like, Yeah, coming out from nowhere, wins Best Actor. Stallone also lost to Network again because he was nominated for Original Screenplay and lost. I've never heard of this movie. I've, I, I think I've heard of it, but I have no idea, like, what it is or anything. We also had other actors nominated in this movie. We have Talia Shire, who played Adrian. She was nominated for lead actress, and she lost to Faye Dunaway in this mysterious movie, Network. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We have two supporting actor nominations for both Burgess Meredith, who played Mickey, and Burt Young, who played Polly. They both lost to Jason Robards in All the President's Men. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. We also lost to All the President's Men with a nomination for Best Sound. And finally, an interesting one, we had an original song nomination for Gonna Fly Now, which we were playing in the intro. Awesome song. Gets you real pumped. Oh, yeah. Ready to fucking run up some fucking long-ass steps. Been there, did that. But that lost to the song Evergreen from A Star Is Born. Bullshit. I mean, Chris Christopherson. We discussed him in Blade. Gonna fly now. I don't... I, I agree. But Babs also. I mean... Gonna fly now. I get you. I'm a little sad about it. Overall, I mean, Stallone, he lucked out, man. You, well, he flew on that shooting star over the moon. Oh, yeah. You said it even during the movie. He easily could have been Tommy Wiseau. Oh, yes. Well, what I meant by that was he was just a nobody who was like kind of peculiar and very passionate about this project. You know, the really the only difference is Stallone got his script sold to a studio and Wiseau just did it on his own. But like, honestly, if Stallone had Tommy Wiseau fucking leather jacket money <laughs> or however the fuck Tommy Wiseau makes his money, then he probably would have made it on his own, too. So it's it's a really it's a cool fucking story of how this movie got made and how it just completely changed this guy's life. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Rocky is such an iconic character now. In 2011, Stallone was inducted to the International Boxing Hall of Fame for his work on Rocky, even though he's not technically a boxer, but, like, Rocky is, and Rocky is so, like, larger than life. Oh, yeah. I bet you after this movie came out, the amount of people who became boxers is astonishing. 
Oh, I'm sure. It's like the same thing with Hunger Games. There was like a whole slew of young girls that were like, I want to be an archer, (laughs) which is cool. Like, why not? All right. So I think we can get into this now. Yeah. Let's get into the nitty and the gritty. I'm excited to talk about this. So we open up in the middle of a church in 1975 in November. Mm -hmm. And Rocky is fighting Spider Rico. And they're going at it. It's a pretty crappy fight. The crowd's booing. There is nothing special about this fight. Spider Rico headbutts Rocky. And then Rocky fucking goes crazy and knocks him out. They go into the back getting booed. And for winning this fight, Rocky wins $40.50. He's rolling in it. Yeah, so Rocky, he's not doing well. He walks home after the fight. Oh, yes. He walks past a group of vagrants standing in front of a uh, a fire in a trash can. And for some reason, they're like doo-wopping. I'm like, oh, we love a bunch of doo-wopping vagrants. And fun fact, apparently Stallone's brother, Frank Stallone, made a cameo in this film as the singer of this little street band. Do-do-do-do, take it back. Do-do-do-do. I said I've been told I found it interesting because it's like Stallone, I imagine, felt like this might fucking flop and I might never make another movie again. So I'm just going to put my fucking family in it. Like, I'm just going to get as much out of this as I can. (laughs) We finally get into Rocky's apartment, which is a shithole. Yeah. He sits there and talks to his two turtles. Cuff and Link. So cute. The next day, Rocky goes into this pet store. He starts flirting with the pet store cashier, Adrian. Played by Tali Shire, who was also Connie in the Godfather movies. I recognized her. I was like, oh, hi. Stallone is very, he's joking with her. Yeah, it's very cute because he's just rambling on and on and clearly trying to flirt, but very, very awkward. I know Stallone now. He's like this, you know, big action star and larger than life kind of guy. But, like, you see him in this movie, and he's just shuffling, rambling, dork almost. And it's like, aww. <laughs> yeah, and she's very much also very shy. She gets called away, and he starts playing with the bull mastiff. Buckus. Uh, yes, Buckus. <laughs> Which is his actual dog in real life that he sold when he was fucking broke as shit. So, uh, Rocky has to go to his day job. He's an enforcer for the local loan shark. He goes to his boss, Mr. Gazzo. And Mr. Gazzo yells at Rocky and tells him he's got to do what he tells him to do. So Gazzo yells at Rocky and tells Rocky, you know, if I tell you to break a guy's thumb, you break that motherfucker's thumb. And Rocky's like, okay, okay, next time uh, I'll do that. I'll break his thumb if you tell me to. So Rocky goes to uh, his gym where he trains to be a boxer. He goes to Mickey's gym and he goes to his locker and his locker isn't his locker anymore. He goes to confront Mickey who's played by Burgess Meredith. Fun fact, he played Penguin in the 1960s Batman series. You've outsmarted us this time, Penguin, but don't get too confident. We know you're up to some super crime, and we're going to watch you. Yeah, so he goes to confront Mickey, and Mickey's like, I had to give you a lock to this guy because he's an actual contender. He goes, well, I just 
beat Spider Rico. And he goes, Spider Rico's a bum. <laughs> yeah, fucking Mickey's just an old man who don't give a fuck and says whatever he wants. Like, you have all the heart, but you fight like a gorilla. <laughs> Around this point, I want to say like maybe 50% of the time when Rocky speaks in this movie, I have trouble understanding what he's saying because he's mumbling so much. But while sometimes it is hard to understand him, it kind of adds to the endearing quality because he's very clearly not an actor. So when he's pissed off at Mickey or he's flirting with Adrian, like you feel that it's authentic. It just adds to the believability of the character. Mickey tells him he should think about retiring. Rocky doesn't take that well. So he leaves and to make himself feel better, he goes back to the pet store. And he flirts some more with Adrian. It's really cute. He's like, you want to go to a basketball game with me? Oh, you know, these birds are really nice. You need help with the cage? And he just keeps talking. And this poor girl is just dead silent. And it's like, oh, honey, you're really trying hard. <laughs> and at the end of it, Rocky goes, All right, listen, I want to go now, okay? Just, I'll see you later, all right? I want to go home, make up a joke. I'm going to tell you a new joke tomorrow, okay? Good night, Adrian. Oh, my God, I can't with you. You're too cute. So Rocky goes to the bar and this is where we meet Pauly played by Burt Young and he is Rocky's buddy he's appeared in all six Rocky movies yep and he was a cunt this whole movie he's a cunt in all the movies while he is a raging cunt I understand why he got an Oscar nomination because like he his performance is good he plays an asshole very well <laughs> he has one really shining scene of being an asshole where it's like that's that's where you can see where the nomination came from yeah but other than that you're like I hate Paulie but speaking of Paulie I think now that we've introduced our main characters yes. I think now is the best time to go into one of our favorite segments. Really, our only segment that we do on the show, the cast could have been. So the reason that I wanted to go into cast could have been a little earlier this time is because the casting of this movie was kind of a big deal. But before they officially casted Stallone, there were other guys in the running. And Stallone, actually, in particular with Pauly, he had a very specific desire of who he wanted to play Pauly, which I find interesting. So let's start off with Pauly. Okay. According to the intranets, Stallone's first choice to play Pauly was Harvey Keitel, which makes sense to me. Harvey Keitel was just not schlubby enough for me i mean yes okay paulie is definitely schlubby the anger would definitely the anger that's yeah paulie is a very angry nasty guy and harvey Keitel is good at that <laughs> he is very good at that but i guess you know stallone was uh getting his way in a big bad way with him being the lead so i guess he couldn't get everything he wanted in that regard so let's talk about adrian there were a couple of other choices that were thrown around for Adrian, namely Susan Sarandon, which would have been so weird with Stallone, I feel like. It just would not have fit. I don't think she can play the meek kind of character that Adrian was. I don't even think that's the problem. I think the problem with that is like she's too 
conventionally cutesy and yeah, pretty. Yeah, she is very pretty too. Yes. Like the thing, and I'm not insulting Talia Shire at all. I think she's very pretty, but she's not conventionally pretty. It's, she's not like a supermodel or anything. Yeah, she's yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have believed as well Susan Sarandon with Stallone. That's true. And then another one that I think is kind of funny. <laughs> Cher was in the in the talks for being Adrian. Um, I love Cher. I think Susan Sarandon and Cher have a similar problem is their big personalities. Yes. Like, I don't think even if Cher, like, put on her Coke bottle glasses and dressed all frumpy like Talia Shire does in this movie, I don't think she would have really exuded that meekness that Talia does. But anyway, okay, so let's get to Rocky now. So I have five gentlemen that were in talks to being Rocky. Well, I know the main one that the studio wanted, and that is uh, Mr. Robert Redford. Yes, so I... I I don't know, guys. I just feel like he's too much of a pretty boy. I, I feel like no one could have done at the time what Stallone did with Rocky. It would have been a very different movie with Robert Redford. He does have the tough guy streak from Butch Cassidy. But yes, he is very much a pretty boy. And I feel like you would lose some of the grittiness of this movie. Exactly. That's exactly the word that I was thinking of grit but yeah redford while i do like him a lot i mean i did say in our bush cassidy episode that i would marry the man in our (laughs) marry fuck kill but it wouldn't have worked and there are other actors here like warren Beatty was in talks oh what a shock would not have worked (laughs) the two that came closest i think to being able to work were Burt Reynolds and James Kahn who were in the running as well. James Kahn, I feel like, probably would have been the closest. Just because, like, I, I just see Sonny Corleone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Sonny is a very good character. I actually think Burt would have been the better of the two of them. Burt, I think, would have been okay. Because yeah. he's got that gruffness, too. He to does. Him. All these guys are all trained actors. Mm-hmm. Again, Stallone is not a trained actor. Right. At least not at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he had classes later oh, on. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's he's here and he's just he's just this guy. That's just who he is. Yeah. This guy cared so much about this story and this character. And he had such passion behind it. Like, that transcends oh, yeah. the acting sometimes. Well, it does. Well, that's why you think... Why the person Stallone gets compared to the most is Schwarzenegger. Right. Because both of these guys, they're not the best actors. They exude themselves. Right. There's genuine acting chops. And if you have those, obviously that does wonders. But then there's like that X factor. You know what I mean? Boom, exactly. It's like when the professor was cooking up the Powerpuff Girls, sugar, spice, everything nice, and then you got that chemical X, you know? That X factor. Thus, the Powerpuff Girls were born. Using their ultra superpowers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup have dedicated their lives to fighting crime and the forces of evil. That's right. I made a Powerpuff Girls reference in Rocky. That's okay. So I think the overall moral of the story here is that Stallone was the shit in this movie. 
Talia Shire was perfect choice. It was lightning in a bottle. That's why I like doing this segment because it just shows you like how important casting really is. Oh yeah. So that was cast could have been. Yes. We're going to use this song to death in this movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's uh, a good fucking song. It's a great fucking song. I want to go running now, and I hate running. I know. So, Paulie and Rocky are at the bar, and Rocky starts watching the TV, and we get introduced to our final main character. Oh, yeah. Mr. Apollo Creed. Carl Weathers, baby. Coming back again. Chubbs. Chubbs is back. <laughs> I, I love that every time I mention that I know Carl Weathers from Happy Gilmore as Chubbs, you get, like, annoyed at me. <laughs> I get annoyed. I just think of... Dylan! You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, no. Are we bringing it back? <laughs> the Predator handshake? It's, are we bringing it back? <laughs> it's back, baby. Oh, it's my God. back. So, Carl Weathers is promoting his bicentennial fight... He's supposed to have a championship fight in Philadelphia. And Rocky's like, oh, God, this guy. When Apollo's on the TV, at one point he's talking to the kids. He's like, stay in school. Be a doctor. Be a lawyer. Carry a leather briefcase. I'm like, oh, my God, I love that line. (laughs) Apollo is great. Basically, we're establishing throughout all this and even the preceding scene that's coming up. Rocky's basically kind of washed up without even being washed up because to be washed up means that you were big at some point and he never was like he was just kind of always scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah he's walking home he grabs this girl who's hanging around with a bunch of coconuts as he calls them yeah this teen girl who's cursing and smoking with all these boys and rocky's like get the fuck out of here what are you doing and he like walks her home and the little girl's like hey rocky fuck you basically and walks away and he's just like god damn it i'm even getting shit on by little kids i can't take this (laughs) who am i to give a vice you know who am i the next scene actually is apollo and his opponent has dropped out of this prize title fight the promoter's like, I can't get anybody out here. It's five weeks before the fight. Nobody wants to fight you, Apollo. And Apollo's like, I've done all this work. This is supposed to be a huge fight. And then Apollo comes up with the idea. He goes, let's give a nobody a shot. Let's give a native of Philadelphia a shot at the heavyweight title. Because isn't this America? The land of opportunity? The promoter guy, he says something like, oh, this is, this is patriotic. This is American. And Apollo goes like, no. This is smart. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you go. You go, Apollo. He's super fucking charming. Like, his voice is underrated. Oh, yeah. He's also an actor that kind of exudes this charm. But in this movie, it works for him kind of in the opposite way that it works for Rocky, where Rocky is very gritty and Carl Weathers is just exuding this almost arrogant charm. Like, I'm hot shit, you know? And it it works because he's just so fucking charming and cool. Oh, he's so charming. And you know what? He's right. If you pick a fight and you market it the right way, because he is the heavyweight champ of the world, and you pull this underdog story, even if he destroyed the guy... It would look good on him because he pulls this guy out of nowhere to fight him. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So he pulls this 
guy, meaning Rocky, out of the clear blue. He's looking for like a nobody to fight. And he settles on Rocky. He's like, I want this guy. And they're like, Rocky Balboa, who the fuck? And he's like, no, 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 no. His name is the Italian Stallion. That's his nickname. Fucking Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion. That's fucking boss's shit. And it he's right. It sounds like a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what he said. It sounds it like a monster movie. It sounds like a monster movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, that does. That's sick. So while this is going on, Rocky is walking with Paulie home on Thanksgiving. And Paul, and he's like, Paulie, you know, uh, are you sure your sister's okay with me coming over? Oh, my God. He asks Paulie like five fucking times, hey, your sister knows I'm coming, right? No, no, no. She knows. She knows. It's fine. After the third time, I'm like, okay, so she clearly doesn't know he's coming. <laughs> and sure enough, they show up at the house and fucking Adrian comes out of the kitchen and she's like, uh, deer in the headlights. Paulie starts yelling at her and she goes, but Paulie, I, I, I can't go out on a date with Rocky. I, I, I got a turkey in the oven. Oh, my God. And Paulie's like, oh, shit. you got a turkey in the oven, do you? Paulie opens the, the oven door, takes the turkey, and fucking throws it out into the fucking street. That looked like a good fucking turkey, too. Yeah, it did, actually. It looked really good. And she goes in the bedroom, and she's, like, upset and crying. And I'm like, you know what? I get you want to hook up your sister with your friend. He had a whole thing with Rocky before, like, oh, she's 30, she's gonna die alone, which, fuck you, Paulie. Also- You're fucking old and alone, too. <laughs> so, after she goes in the bedroom pissed off and crying, Rocky kind of slowly walks over to the door, and he knocks on the door, and he's like, hey, Adrian, you know, uh, I never I never talked to a door before, but hey, this is the first time for everything. You want to go out? I can take you out for dinner or something. And it's like the cutest fucking thing. <laughs> you know, he keeps talking to her and talking to her at the door, and then all of a sudden she opens the door, and she's got her coat and hat on, and she's ready to go. <laughs> she's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> And they go on their first date on Thanksgiving. It's so cute. Yes, their first date's on Thanksgiving, and they go to an ice skating rink. They go on the ice. (laughs) It's funny because she's wearing ice skates, and he's not. He's just slowly sauntering next to her. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, is he going to trip? But he doesn't. He's light on his feet, I guess. I guess they're talking. They're not really talking He's more talking to her, and she's just listening. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of talks about fighting and why he became a fighter and how his father told him he has no brains, so he better use his body. And she Yeah. Goes, she goes, oh, my mother told me the exact opposite. She's slowly but surely kind of warming up to him, and it kind of shows, like, they are different in a way, but they're also very, very similar. They've been through a lot of the same shit. At one point, she trips a little bit, and he catches her, and they're, like, spinning around. It's, like, it's super cute. She dislocates his thumb. He puts oh, it yeah. back in the socket. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's an old injury. See? Oh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, We're going to see how bad this thing can get, this fucking impression. I don't know. I feel like it's getting worse yeah, as we continue. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's fine. It's, it's, but at one point, Adrian asks Rocky, why do you want to fight? And Rocky goes, because I can't sing a dance. I'm like, oh my god, you're trying so hard, sweetheart. They walk back to Rocky's place, and she is very hesitant to go in, but he kind of charms her, and, you know, it's it's a war of attrition, basically, getting her to come in the house and kind of warm up in the house. Like, she has her coat on for a while and her hat all bundled up, and... He mentions, oh, remember the first day you started working there in the pet shop, and I came in, and I 
I bought those two turtles from you. And I'm like, oh, you really liked her for a long time. You fucking bought turtles for this bitch. Like, what the fuck? Okay, man. All right. You're playing the long game. He walks in the door and immediately takes his fucking jacket off. And he's got his wife beater on showing off his fucking arms. And then at one point, he goes right up to her and puts his arms up on like, the scaffolding or something on the ceiling like showing off his fucking biceps i'm like all right you know what you're doing (laughs) so she gets freaked out and she tries to leave and then he's like oh no please don't go please don't go he's like i really want to kiss you you're so pretty like he takes off her glasses and her hat and he's like i just want to see you like your beautiful face i'm like oh so cute and And then she's like stop teasing me and he's like i'm not it's like literally the cutest and then he kind of leans in they kiss it's awkward as fuck it's but it's like a cute authentic fucking awkward and then the funniest part is they get into it you know they start getting all frisky and he doesn't even bother like taking her to the couch or the bed no he just swoons her right there at the front door on the floor it's like all right you're not wasting no time (laughs) so rocky the next day good mood goes back to the gym starts talking to mickey and he's like, oh, yeah, this promoter for uh, Apollo wants to see you. And he goes, oh, it's probably just to be a sparring person. And they get into a mini, like, spat. You know, I've been coming in for six years. In six years, you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know how come. You want to know. I want to know Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg breaker. You bum, Rocky, you bum. Rocky walks to the fight promoter's office and the fight promoter goes, you're getting to fight the world champion, Apollo Creed. And Rocky's like, um, no. (laughs) No, I don't. That's okay. I'm good. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you caught this, but just for fighting Apollo, he was going to make $150,000. He just made he made forty dollars and fifty cents in the beginning. Now he's getting paid a hundred fifty just to step in the ring with a guy. That's that's life changing shit. Almost similarly, like this movie being made was life changing shit. See how art imitates life and life imitates art. We love that. So, Paulie and Rocky are talking at Paulie's job of the meatpacking plant, and Paulie is a miserable shit about his life. He starts punching the meat or whatever and being like, you know, like almost challenging Rocky. And Rocky goes up to the fucking meat hanging there in the icebox and he's like just punching it over and over and over and over. And Paulie's like, you're breaking the fucking ribs. Yeah, because Paulie knows even if he was really going to fight Rocky, he would lose that fight very easily. We then cut to Rocky's apartment and who comes... To Rocky's apartment, but Mickey. Oh, yeah, this scene was crazy. Mickey starts trying to tell Rocky he needs a manager. He basically tells Rocky, listen, I used to be a fighter, and I didn't have a manager, and I went through a lot of shit, and I just want to keep you from going through that. And Rocky is, he's letting him talk, but he you can tell he's getting frustrated. He's holding it back. And he basically says to Mickey, look, I came to you 10 years ago saying... I wanted to be a boxer and you didn't help me then so fuck you basically yeah he he, he uh, one of the best lines and this is I got all the heart but I got no locker yeah exactly so he like closes himself in the bathroom like a 12 year old girl and Mickey leaves 
Rocky comes back out. And what's great about this scene is that the monologue that Rocky delivers here after turning down Mickey's offer to manage him was improvised completely by Stallone in the moment, which I thought was awesome. I ain't had no pride, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting them nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal, wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. And you wanna be ringside and see? Do you? You wanna help me out? It was just such a fucking passionate, like you, you felt it. It was just guttural and raw. Oh yeah, it's very, it's very real. It's so crazy because after all of that, he runs right out and goes to Mickey, and you don't see what he says to him because they're in the distance, but you just see him reach out his hand and Mickey shakes it. Well, because he knows in his heart of hearts, unless he has Mickey's help, he doesn't stand a chance. Right. So then we cut to the next day, which starts Rocky's training regiment. Where Frankie gets disgusted very quickly because Rocky breaks five eggs into a glass. Oh my god. And like I knew it was coming. But still. Like just watching it I was like. Nope. Mm -mm. Yuck. Rocky starts running around. And you can tell he's not. He's not there yet. He's not ready. The music's not swelling yet. It's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of somber a little bit. You know. You can kind of hear Stallone wheezing a little bit. He's got that smoker's lung still going on. But you see him hobble almost up the the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum, now known, obviously, as the Rocky Steps. What's funny about this is, like, most of the scenes with Rocky jogging and running up the steps and everything, these shots were completely guerrilla style. Like, there were no permits or equipment or extras or anything. It was just him in, like, the ass crack of dawn running through Philly. But also, technically speaking there was a new technology that was around just about this time called the Steadicam, which was invented by cinematographer Garrett Brown. This was pretty much one of the first movies that used Steadicam, and basically it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a camera that steadies the shot, so when you're going over rough terrain or when you're jogging and you're trying to keep up with somebody running, it it adds to the smoothness of the shot. And obviously the shots of Rocky running through Philly, especially later when he's more advanced in his training, obviously those scenes are iconic. And I feel like that is partially, at least, due to the fact that the actual cinematography was so precise and clean. Yeah, so Paulie decides he's going to try and make a quick buck and brings the news crew to the meat packing facility to watch Rocky beat up the meat. Oftentimes, you know, these guys, they spank their own meat. This time, Rocky decided he was going to spank a different kind of meat. You know, we can't judge a man for spanking meat. It is what he does, the man. Anywho, have I said spanking the meat enough? (laughs) Have I said it enough? Should I say it one more time? Spanking the meat. Anyway, (laughs) so Rocky is doing his thing and Apollo's posse is watching this news report on TV and the guy is like, hey, Apollo, maybe you should watch this. You know, this is the guy that you're about to fight. And Apollo's like, nah, nah, it's all right. I'm good kind of showing like he's not worried about rocky like this is all a show to him basically it's a great shot when he points the camera and he holds his fist up and it's covered in blood from the cow yeah it's fucking nuts the next scene is he's back with 
Adrian saying how he's so sore and he's like no we can't fool around there's no fooling around yeah, before try, a fight she tries to give him a little kissy kissy but he's not having it so she's like all right i'll cook dinner or whatever and he's so cute he like feels bad he looks at her he's like a little puppy dog and he gets up he's like i'm sorry and he gives her a big hug and it's so cute adrian buys buck kiss from the store for rocky to bring him company while he runs and this music it's a little more uh, pumped up, but not not quite there yet. We're, we're not there yet, kids. We'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> wait for it. Yes, another Hamilton reference. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. So now we cut to Christmas, and Paulie is drunk like a skunk. Oh, yeah, he's stumbling his ass home and he picks up a trash can along the way he's serenading the trash can like a fucking drunk idiot i'm like oh boy and we cut inside to rocky and adrian and rocky's like god i can't i don't know what to do with paulie he he, don't know what he wants from me you know i just you know i just want to train for this fight and paulie comes in he goes i don't want nothing from you i don't need you both can get the fuck out of my house i love this scene because not only is paulie's performance great but our girl adrian she has her moment in this scene she has her fucking moment bitch like this is why she was nominated for an oscar she fucking stands up for herself finally i take care of you paulie i don't owe you nothing and you made me feel like a loser i'm not a loser i love that because like you can even tell just from the way she's sitting she's different she's she's blossomed she's not the little meek oh no. shy little thing anymore like yeah being with rocky you know seeing him blossom yeah. in you know in his training and preparing for this fight and you can tell like she has confidence she has belief in herself and you see it in her in the way she talks in the way she walks that's character development bitch oh yeah <laughs> then we cut to another training session with mickey and mickey gives another iconic line from this movie you're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder (laughs) that was sick yeah (laughs) i love that line paulie comes and like cuts off rocky right before he goes to take a shower he goes hey can i uh can i make some money off your name and rocky's just like you know what paulie go ahead so he's gonna do some advertising okay girl and finally we get there. We're here, guys. Gonna, We're in the promised land. <laughs> gonna fly now. Hit it. Gonna fly now. Fly, fly now. So let's talk about this iconic song because we got it. We got to talk about it. So. This song was composed by the man that did the score for this movie, Bill Conti, pretty infamous yeah. composer. He did a bunch of movies, including Rockies 2 and 3 yes. also. He did Rocky 5 and Balboa. He did Karate Kid 1 and 2, Masters of the Universe. He's done a lot of shit, okay? Yeah, iconic song. It, it definitely gets you in the mood. That's why it was nominated for an Oscar, but also, I think it deserved to win the Oscar for Original Song because the whole point of Original Song, technically, it should be a song that is 
a companion with the film and elevates the film. Well, it's not only just that. It's for a song that will forever live on. How many times have you heard the song from The Star is Born? That the oh, Evergreen. Yeah, no, I've, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you the lyrics or anything, to be honest. And I, I like A Star is Born fine, but no, I think this song definitely exemplifies more of what an Oscar-winning song should be. This scene, one cannot exist without the other. The scene cannot succeed in the way that it can without that song. And in turn, it propels the movie to a new level and it, you know, it invests you even more in Rocky's story. It just, it's, it does everything that an Oscar song should do. Yes, I agree 110%. We cut to Rocky going to the arena the night before the fight yeah you know it was crazy when we got there because i was like oh so are we at the fight already and scott's like yeah this is the night before the fight i'm like oh wow the pacing in this movie is like stellar like it flew by yeah there's really no slow parts of this movie the movie kind of goes rocky's sitting there he's looking at apollo's picture of him in the, the red white and blue trunks He's looking at his picture with him in red trunks with a white stripe. And the promoter's like, Rocky, what are you doing here? And Rocky's like, I'm just uh, taking in the ambiance of the <laughs> arena. Uh, my picture's wrong. I'm wearing a white pants with a red stripe. And he goes, it's not going to matter. <laughs> like, nobody cares about you, Rocky. It does make sense, though. He's not important. Yeah, he's, he, it, like, this isn't about you. This is basically the Apollo show, you know what I mean? This is the Apollo show. After this, no one's going to remember your name. So the the promoter leaves, and we have this shot with Rocky just kind of taking in this completely empty arena, arena that's going to be filled up with a bunch of people tomorrow. And it's crazy because, obviously, at this time, it probably wasn't a trope, but watching it now as far as sports movies goes granted i haven't seen a ton of sports movies but the ones that i have seen that kind of shot is a bit of a trope it, you've seen it in everything from the mighty ducks to like major league you see the major league too of the one guy standing in the empty ballpark or the empty ice rink and he's like yeah, kind of taking it all in but what's funny about this is like i felt his overwhelmedness i felt his quieted moment i just i felt it more than i think i would have in like another movie if i saw a a, a shot like that like in major league i don't remember being moved by a shot like that kind of shot and i think it's because of again the sheer grit and realism of stallone's performance and he goes home to adrian and he just sits on the bed he's like i can't do it i can't do it and he goes on and on about basically just vomiting out all of his fears and insecurities. He was, he was nobody before. After this, he'll be nobody again. Nobody's even lasted a full fight with Apollo Creed. But if he can just do it, he could just prove to himself that he's worth something. It's very well done. And fun fact about this scene... The producers wanted to skip it entirely. Oh, that would have been terrible. Because they were behind on production... So they went to Stallone and was like, hey, listen, maybe we should just skip this part. And Stallone was like, no. He insisted that they had to do this because he said it was the most important scene in the film. And I kind of agree. Without this scene, you lose something. You lose the fear. You lose that personal 
touch of him. Absolutely, because up to this point, you've seen him go through the training, and you know physically he's much better off than he was before. He's he's much stronger, but at the end of the day, he's still rocky, and he's still got that bug in his head. That doubt. Right. And yeah, I, I completely agree with Stallone. It's, I would argue it's the most important scene in the film. So now we cut to the next day. It is the day of the fight. Rocky is getting ready. He's wearing a new robe that has an advertisement on the back. It turns out he got this robe for free and Paulie got $3,000 for the robe. <laughs> yeah, so he enters. He and- enters with little fanfare. But then we get Apollo's entrance. Here comes the general. Ladies and gentlemen. Here comes the general. The moment you've been waiting for. Here comes the general. The pride of Mount Vernon. Here comes the general. General Washington. I know we used that like a couple weeks ago for uh, Last Jedi, but we're using it again because... He's dressed as George Washington. I mean, I mean, you have to. You think, actually, he's the first African-American George Washington. Ooh, Christopher Jackson. Fucking come at Apollo Creed, bro. (laughs) He crossed the Delaware before you did. It's so hilarious because it's definitely very WWE where they come out in like fanfare and they're just being obnoxious. And then he gets in the ring and he puts on a big fucking top hat and he's Uncle Sam. And he's like, I want you. I want you. And it's the funniest. It might have been the biggest laugh I got in the movie. They just, the camera goes to Rocky and he's just like, well, he looks like a big flag. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he does, doesn't he, Rock? He uh, does. It's a big fan spectacle, but Apollo Creed's the champ. He's got to give uh, the people a show. Finally, the first round starts and Rocky is taking a little beating early on. Apollo's dancing around him. Yeah, Apollo, it was funny because, you know, he's he's dancing around Apollo. And I'm like, okay, so he's fucking with him now. But then all of a sudden, what's going to happen now is Rocky's going to c- come out with a shot. And Apollo's going to be like, oh, what the fuck? And then literally the second I said that, Rocky punches him right in the face and gets him down for like a seven count. And I'm like, oh my god! It was a big hit. And then you see immediately after, Apollo gets up and is, like, now taking this a little more seriously. Yeah, he's like, oh, shit, okay, this guy is actually going to fight. All right, cool. They start pounding on each other. Uh, Apollo gets a little bit of a knockdown at the end of the first round. And then we get a little bit of a montage skipping forward and these two guys beating the living snot out of each other. Oh, yeah. Every round that goes by, it's getting worse and worse. And fun fact, the guy that's ringing the bell for each round is Stallone's father. Ah. So Stallone's father also makes a cameo. So Rocky keeps looking worse and worse. Rocky keeps taking a beating, but he keeps landing these big power blows on Apollo. And that's the thing. Apollo's a dance, like he's a mover. He moves around the fighter, while Rocky is a guy who just takes beating after beating, but keeps throwing these haymakers that he could knock you out in a blow if he really gets a good shot on you. Finally, we cut to the 14th round of a 15-round fight. No one expected this match to go past three rounds. Apollo's still coming out there, jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Uh, Rocky's eyes look like they're swollen, almost shut. And right as we get to the end of this, Rocky takes a big swing and hits Apollo right in the ribs, breaking his ribs, causing internal bleeding. We love that. (laughs) 
<laughs> we love some internal bleeding. Jesus the Christ. The ref ends the round. They go to the, their corners. Now they're in the 15th round. But Rocky's eyes are swollen shut. He goes, you got to cut me because I can't oh, see. Oh, God. I didn't like, I knew that was coming too because I've heard cut me, cut me. I've heard that thing before. But like just watching it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> like you just see the blood dripping. It's like, oh, my God. 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 Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Apollo's corner is going like, dude, you're internally bleeding. I should stop this fight. And he goes, we're not stopping this fight. Rocky goes to Mickey. He goes, if you stop this fight, I'll kill you. And then right around this time, Adrian finally comes out because she had been in the back kind of hiding now. And I was like, bitch, get out there. What are you doing? And Scott was like, oh, well, if I was fighting some guy, you, would, you wouldn't want to go out there. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'd want to like know what was going on. I want to know if you're okay. I wouldn't want to just sit in the back. But she finally comes out towards the end and she watches like the last round. Where these two are now just beating the living snot out of each other. Every blow, you could feel it. Like Apollo's taking every blow to the ribs. He's still hitting Rocky in the face. It's a brutal fight. And finally the bell rings. And people swarm the fucking ring. Rocky and Apollo were in a clinch. And Apollo goes, there's going to be no rematch. And Rocky goes, I'm fine with that. I don't want one. Yeah, it wasn't about beating him. It was just about hanging in and, and staying alive, you know? Yeah. It was proving that he could last. The guy's trying to interview Rocky, and Rocky just keeps going. Adrian! What do you think about when the 15th round when you're coming out? Adrian! Adrian! Oh, my God. The Adrian thing. Oh, my God. Again, another iconic moment that I knew was going to happen. But, like, oh, my God. He's just, like, gutturally screaming for Adrian. And Adrian's just like, Rocky? Rocky? And she loses her hat. She, she don't give a fuck. She's trying to get through the like, crowd. And Polly just lifts up the rope so she can get through. And she runs into Rocky's arms. And he's like, what happened to your hat? <laughs> and she's like, I love you. And then she jumps in his arms. It was so fucking adorable. And I loved it so much. And while this is happening, they're announcing the victor of the fight. And they're saying it's a split decision. It is a draw. The champion keeps his title. Rocky does not win the fight. But he doesn't lose either, I would say. He doesn't lose the fight, but it is a draw. And that is Rocky. So, yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I do like the fact that Rocky doesn't win. You know, the stereotypical thing to happen would be he wins and the new heavyweight champion and he's a superstar now and everything is wonderful. It's not that cut and dry. Like, No. It's not about winning. It's how you play the fucking game. Exactly. And you know what? Rocky proved something. He proved that he could fight Apollo. He could be that guy if he really wanted to be. But he's somebody. This movie's great. It really is. From top to bottom, this movie is great. I would agree with that. What are your final thoughts of this movie, Frankie? You know, I, going into this, expected to like the movie. It's obviously a beloved film, so I knew I was going to like it regardless. I honestly didn't expect to love it as much as I did. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Stallone's performance is the performance of his life probably he was phenomenal he deserves his oscar nomination but um yeah i gave this a four and a half out of five stars i absolutely loved it and 
I was just very pleasantly surprised. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you gave it a four and a half. I have it as a five out of five. Perfect movie. It's one of those movies I could watch anytime. It really is. As much as everyone will argue Rocky vs. Rambo, I always like Rocky better. I think Rocky's a better character through and through. Oh no, am I going to have to watch Rambo to make this decision? No. Thank uh, God. <laughs> there's always something you can take that's different from this movie. And, and that's the thing. Like You've seen a sports movie. You know some of these beats. You know the montage. But a lot of that actually comes from this movie. Yeah, this movie was awesome. If you haven't seen it, by some craziness like me, take it from me, go see it, because it's awesome. It's on TV, like, literally all the time, so it's not hard to find. But um, next week, I will be showing Scott a movie, and I guess, in a way, it's also a sports movie? Question mark? Very vaguely. I'm reaching. I'm reaching real far. But, um... I'm excited to show you this because, A, I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> oh, that's always a scary proposition. Do we have another whole nine yard situation? Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Po- very possibly. A, I haven't seen it in a long time. B, it's got one of my favorite actors in it. And C, from what I remember of it, it's kind of a cheese fest. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the cheese. Look, it's the Leaning Tower of cheese <laughs> Oh, God. We love a Goofy Movie reference. Anyway, so until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. I am Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back because the Leaning Tower of Cheesa is a coming. And it is a fallen upon us all. <laughs> Get ready because we're gonna fly now. Oh no, not again. Gonna fly.